keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> total. Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome to Turtle F and Marks, everybody. I am one of your hosts, Scott Chaplin. I'm here with Dan St. Germain. Hello. Robert Carpolis, Mike Lawrence, and Zach Attack. Uh, welcome to Turtle F and Marks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming out and hanging with us. Uh, we got a we got a fun show for you. Let's just let's just start this thing. Uh Number one, I don't even have my notes up. That's how shitty of a host I am. I mean, I didn't stutter and stumble, um, but I did not have my notes ready. You, you, oh, you are giving the effort this week that this week of wrestling deserves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the same effort they gave us. Uh, damn, man. Yeah, it was actually nice. This week of wrestling was so uneventful that uh, it didn't feel like it was consuming my being. Which yeah. was which was nice. This that, is what anyway. life is going to be like in the uh, Biden era. We're no longer yeah. scared. We're no longer on edge. We're just happy. Shit is just happening. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll take indifference for a while. Let the fans in. That's what I say, right? Anyway, yeah. number one, ding ding ding, the graveyard. Uh, guys, what's your shoot burial? Uh, we're gonna shoot. Uh, how, how do you want to put this? Like we're gonna shoot bury. I, I don't know. I, I, I was talking about the shoot burials of the week. Like, what was the shoot of the week? What in in shoot yes. this week? So, uh, for instance, you know, Mark Henry and Ryback going yes. back and forth. Jim Ross and Taz going back and forth. Britt Baker going after Cody. Yeah. So I'll, I'll lay I'll lay some of these out for everybody listening. Um, Jim Ross and Taz. So uh, on Jim Ross's podcast this week. He said that guys in the back during his run thought he was unsafe and told Vince and Vince, you know, believed them. And that's why Taz really didn't get much of a push after his first appearance with the company. Uh, Taz responded by being like, name one person I ever hurt uh, because he apparently has never hurt anyone. So he was asking that. Here's the thing uh, with that situation. I listened to Jim Ross podcast last week and Ross didn't agree with the boys. Ross basically said that the boys were lying about this and that there wasn't really any proof of it. So this is Taz not listening to a thing. Uh, just reading, you know, a quote out of context from some <laughs> the, fucking wrestling site. The closer you look into a wrestling controversy, the more illiterate you realize. <laughs> well, especially with someone like Ross, because like Ross does shit on a lot of stuff. But then when you hear the way he does it, it's like, yeah, man, I don't know. I see family on holidays. I know how some of them speak. Like, it's very much like that. There's really no it's not like Cornette where where he's threatening to murder people. He's just like got an older guy's opinion you know yeah it's like an undertaker opinion yeah yeah <laughs> yes exactly um uh, other uh shoot uh 
tweets of the week was uh, Britt Baker called out Cody Rhodes for having another action figure. I don't think he's missed. Well, he's missed one series, but they've also had like exclusives uh, even in the UK. So I think he has five action oh figures at this God. point, four or five uh, separate action figures. He's got probably a kid on the way. He needs to make as much money as he and, can now before they Brandy. rise up. Yeah, and Brandy has an action figure, so Britt kind of, you know, she, oh, she wrote something like, "Oh, thank goodness, Cody has a figure uh, this time around," because yeah, it's it, it's been plenty. And again, Cody doesn't really change much at all. It's just his pants are either silver or blue. I think I think, I think this might be the first neck tattoo one though. Oh really? Is that that's, that's I'm going to take a guess there because the first one was wave one and it didn't have the the neck tattoo, but now we're in wave four. I would imagine, you know, because Hardy's in this wave and that was around the time he got it, so I, I would that would be my guess. So it's the Cody neck tattoo and Matt Hardy and the wave of bad decisions. I like this. <laughs> yeah. Dude, how funny would it be if Shaq got a figure before Britt Baker? <laughs> I hope so. I hope the next wave is like the go big show version of Cody where he just looks surprised <laughs> I, and he's I, wearing I would, a suit. I would love if Shaq comes in two different packages and then you have to connect it <laughs> because one doesn't fill the box. <laughs> uh, it's oh, a bobblehead, but just for his one eye. The, the best shoot of the week, I mean, in my opinion, uh, you guys chime in with yours, but Mark Henry and Ryback. Uh, yes, yes. The, the greatest because line, that shit got real. Dude, the greatest line <laughs> of the week <laughs> is your punches taste like candy. <laughs> Here's why I think it, Here's why I, unpopular opinion. Here's why I think it's the worst uh, wrestling shoot of the week, because it ended in Ryback saying, I can't say anything bad about Mark Henry. He he's the one who got me checked for sleep apnea. And, I, and I'm like, any <laughs> any shoot that ends in thank you for uh, recommending a uh, sleep apnea physician is not is definitely at the bottom of the heap. I love the Britt Baker stuff. That's my vote. It's funny because uh, Ryback matches are what got me checked for sleep apnea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ryback basically said, you know, wrestling is fake and the championships are just props. Very... I don't know. I I don't know. He's trying to like Joe Rogan it over there with his podcast. (laughs) Guys, you ever think wrestling's fake? I don't know what he's doing over there that's... That's so earth uh, shattering, but Mark Henry took exception to it. So did Cornette. So did a lot of the guys. And uh, what did yeah, Cornette say about it? I mean, Cornette yeah. found it funny. I listened to what Cornette said about it. He was just that this guy's a fucking goof and he couldn't make it. And that, you know, Henry did. And that, I mean, the way that I look at it is like, it's easy to say that they're props, whatever, they're meaningless, but no, they do mean something. One to the fans. If you're emotionally invested in a person for years, it you know we've all popped for people winning belts. There's nothing wrong with that. That's part of the reason we watch this dumb shit. And it also means something to the guy. Like Henry was a dude that was there since 1996. He finally became world champion in 2011. Worked really hard. Got a lot better, improved, did all the things you're supposed to do, and was rewarded for it. So, yeah, I get a side of it. 
Yeah, well, also Ryback kind of went low and said that what their match sucked or something. It did. Yeah, but dude, you're Ryback. All your matches fucking suck. Like, what are you? He said that he was napping. He basically he tried to do like a a a Dean Ambrose and Brock Lesnar of like he just wouldn't work with me. It's like no, they still had the match you thought they'd have. (laughs) Mark Mark Henry's response to it was, I could have slept all day and still had a better match with you than if I actually had to lay it out with you. Like, and Mark Henry was, was, became a really good wrestler. In fact, at Royal Rumble 2006, he was the main event, which is what we're covering on Patreon this Sunday. I'm a whore. I plugged it in there quickly. Robert, that's great. And also I watched it, uh, you know, prepping for this Patreon. It was Robert's suggestion. And for the most part, fuck you. Yes. (laughs) I was I was there live. I said I would never watch this again. So also, (laughs) fuck you. (laughs) The rubble itself is good, but man, is the rest of the card a stinker. Yeah, but compare that to the week of wrestling in 2021 and Rumble 2006 is WrestleMania 17. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, so pay on Patreon to hear our fun, fun thoughts about the boogeyman or don't pay and hear our decent thoughts about Britt Baker's action figure comments. <laughs> See, I, re- I liked Britt's other comment where he took a shot at Cody when she was talking about the, uh, the dentist office thing that she's doing. And she said, you know, we didn't really want Cody to be involved in it because once Cody gets involved, it becomes all about him. And it was a really nice little like Cody's becoming Triple H Jr. where he's going to get his hooks into something and he's going to just take it over. Um, Dude, which... He does do this thing, though, that even uh, Wednesday, yesterday, he it's like he stayed too long after the match to wave at everybody. It's real weird. It's weird, right? It's it just feels really like, weird. like Like he also, really you, thinks he's the guy. This... With Britt Baker, the meaner she gets, the more attracted to you. <laughs> yeah, like, the, like when I, I just heard that, I just became more attracted to her that she said that about Cody. Yeah, I think Cody's working out his daddy issues uh, through pro wrestling, which is like most of the, the guys in the roster. I think my favorite of the week was, it was a tweet with Cornette about FTR, where he's like, glad you guys left the WWE to go to a company where you're wrestling a guy in a dinosaur costume and the tag champs are the office. Um, which was a really nice little just fuck you to those guys. <laughs> you gotta you gotta give it to Cornette of how instant he feels betrayed over anything. It's like he because he allows himself to love so deeply, which then allows him to get it hurt, hurt so, so deeply. Hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, the, just... he's the Bernie Sanders of wrestling. I'm also <laughs> just him with his arms folded in his mittens watching the next page. Oh, he fully watches no, watching his mittens. wife. <laughs> That's how he watches his wife. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 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 ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's he's so uh, in his I saw better fucking with Ricky Morton, 1987. <laughs> <laughs> he, he complains when she comes for Marco's son. <laughs> Don't you sell his shit? It's not believable. He's you a goddamn of, dinosaur. Dude, do you think that during do you think that during time the time that Cornette booked Smoky Mountain, they nicknamed his wife's pussy the Wobble House? <laughs> 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 it's open 24 hours always open also uh, a little a little syrupy let's keep it moving fools also, every uh, once in a while there's a shooting <laughs> the, the, the nickname for her vagina is dusty Rhodes. <laughs> it also All stutters right. 
number two. There's, there's some crusty loads on Dusty Rhodes. I love, Scott, Scott's trying to get this going, but he's the one who brought it up. The one week when you're the host, it's like, you're like the substitute uh, teacher trying to get the seriously. kids in line. Like, you're not our real host. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, number two, your markout moment of the week, boys. I mean, we, we really had, there were slim pickings. Slim picking. Uh, mine is whoo, but I did love it. Uh, but let's go with Mike first. Mike, what was your well, market? you know, because my so I pitched this segment, and my thought is it doesn't have to be about wrestling. If 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 life is better, if it's a personal moment, if it's a, you know something in the world, and for me, I wrote an easily mockable Facebook post about uh, uh, Instagram post about this. But seeing the new radicals reunite. And do you get what you give at the inaugural parade? I fucking marked out. It's one of my favorite songs. And uh, it was nice to see them there. Hilarious. <laughs> I know. Just like Yeah, Mike, me. this is about wrestling, okay? Not the country. The only radicals but- we care about are Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn. So <laughs> yeah. unless Perry was playing bass, when you yeah, get what you give. Where's Moppy? <laughs> Mike really felt those lyrics in high school, though. Uh, Courtney, you got the music in you. Manson. Yeah. they're all fake. Go to your mansions. The yeah. saddest part about this, now that you mentioned this, I remember the pop-up video of this where Marilyn Manson was upset that he was name-checked in this song, and that's a fact that I have in my brain, uh, which is why I can't remember important shit. You also, off the top of your head, were able to remember which uh, radicals are still alive. Yeah, yeah. The new radical sounds like a, uh, a like a faction headed by David Benoit. <laughs> it, it's David Benoit, Shaw Guerrero, and Perry Saturn. <laughs> yeah, it's still Perry Saturn. <laughs> Uh, Robert, mark out moment of the week. All right. So this, I feel like, you know what? I, Raw was brutal. SmackDown was kind of forgettable. Dynamite and NXT will get to. Um, but the the consistent greatest thing that exists in wrestling is talking smack. And this week, Kevin Owens was on. And the entire interplay with Kevin Owens and Paul Heyman was amazing. But there was a moment when Kevin Owens first comes out because he's right off set and he just sits in the chair and they're playing his music. And he looks right in the camera and goes, you guys don't need to play the music. I'm already here, which was so fucking great. (laughs) Like it just set the tone for why Talking Smack is the best thing WWE does because Vince is not watching. There are pauses. People are thinking about what they're saying. It makes sense. It made sense of the weird Adam Pierce angle that the whole reason why Kevin Owens thought to do this was because when he was a kid, he went to a house show and he was supposed to see Razor Ramon versus Jeff Jarrett and it didn't happen. And instead they got Goldust versus Henry O. Godwin and it pissed him off so much that he remembered card subject to change. And that's why he invoked it in 2021. And that is a level of storytelling that is too good for pro wrestling right now. So good. Well, why don't they just convert raw into a, into a raw talk kind of thing where the segments are more like that. And then you get matches because Vince will see it. That's, that's (laughs) the long, that's literally the answer. Um, You know, years ago when I was at WWE 24 seven, we got away with so many cool things because Vince in Connecticut didn't get access to WWE 24 seven. Had he seen anything that we were actually doing, he would have shut it down and he would have freaked out. So the best wrestling, that's why NXT was always so successful because he wasn't watching NXT. When Vince is not involved, the product is great. When Vince is involved, you get David Crumholtz on Raw. 
Yeah, you know, I wanna I wanna disagree with you, but you're right. WWE twenty four seven was so good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Send me a check for eleven dollars or whatever my royalty was. No, I didn't know he had nothing, you know, to really do with it aside from owning it all. Right. Yeah, it was good shit. Oh, talking uh, smack, I mean, no, that's a good pick because it's like I mean, it it's definitely I wouldn't I wouldn't put it with Raw Talk because Raw Talk just isn't as good. It's the genius of Heyman and that he makes it about the angles and then that he lets a guy I mean, Owens is so talented. What I found amazing in that segment, because Heyman's promo was awesome too, that Owens uh reacted to was Heyman's facial expressions, I think, are the the best ever. Like the faces that he makes after Owens cuts that promo of like now he's got to be the guy to tell Roman why this happened is just fucking amazing. Dan, mark out moment of the week. I didn't have one this week. I mean, the closest was talking smack. Uh, it's always a, it's always a fun show, and uh, I really liked, I really liked Big E on it. He was very, um, he was like really natural, and he kind of wasn't doing the. I don't know, you know, the, the attitude era baby face where it's like, what what are the catchphrases or the you know, the dick and balls jokes that I could that I can make right now. But yeah, there wasn't there wasn't really a moment this week that stood out for me, honestly. Yeah, man. I'm my, my mark out moment was uh New Japan's website released a Kota Ibushi interview that was really sweet. Uh he talked about how he cried uh at like four in the morning randomly. I thought your mark out moment immediately they revamped their shitty website. Oh God, no! <laughs> terrible, terrible website. But uh, Dan, yeah, you man. You didn't, Dan, you didn't get like a bag of fries and there was an onion ring in it. That could be a workout <laughs> moment. Well, it's as far as emotionally, <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I don't really have, you know, I, I mean, like all the political stuff for sure. But man. you know, I, I don't know. I'm glad that Bon Jovi sang a cover. Uh, and not one of their songs. <laughs> there you uh, go. During inauguration night. That was a hard for me. I didn't have to hear an actual Bon Jovi song. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway, number three, boys. We're going to do some rebook, rewind. Uh, today, we are going to rebook the invasion angle, which uh, doesn't need any rebooking whatsoever. It really was so perfect. But we figured we'd give it a shot anyway and try to make it better or at least different. Uh, let's start with Dan this time. Well, I, I already, I mean, I did this on an old episode with, I think it was like James Mattern and Evan Williams are on it in the back, yeah. in the, in the back catalog. So I'll, I'll just say mine briefly. Cause I, I kind of went into, uh, I went into it, uh, more on that episode, but my, mine would be that you have, um, the stone cold rock match. I mean, it either ends in a no contest or uh, this is the end of 17 either ends in a no contest or it ends in um, Stone Cold going over cleanly or The Rock going over. Um, but uh, then the lights go out and then the lights go up and you have Hogan, Goldberg, you have everybody in the ring. And at the end of the WrestleMania 72, it, 17, it's basically the Nexus angle, but uh, it's at WrestleMania 17 and that's how you end, end the show. And yes, this would require Vince to you know, uh, pay Kevin Nash and Goldberg way more than they were worth at the time. But if, if can you imagine the house show money that 
a Stone Cold versus Hogan or a Stone Cold, you know, uh, or, or, uh, you know, uh, Stone Cold versus who, who Scott, St- whoever the fuck was around. It, it would have been huge instead of what we got. So well, that's and also how- the thing is, it, it would have been worth it, though, wouldn't it have? Like, I mean, if they got Goldberg at that time, it would have been worth it. Yes, absolutely. And then, I mean, even if the matches sucked, Stone Cold versus Goldberg would sell out every arena the first run. Absolutely. Even Hogan and stuff. I mean, honestly, how I how I would do it is I I really wouldn't do it. I hate invasion angles. I don't even think the TNA angle is 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 working that much. No. Uh, I remember when the invasion <laughs> angle happened. <laughs> I remember when the invasion angle happened, and even then, being a kid, thinking you know they should just have another show where they can utilize talent. That's all I thought then was focus on WCW, you know, uh, had great cruiserweight matches. Maybe make it that now instead of he, instead of velocity, you just have WCW, whatever. And, uh, and really have it being a, a, a showcase show, kind of like NXT before, before it's NXT. Uh, Robert. All right. Um, so I, I put a little bit of thought into this um, because it's COVID and this is my life. Um, so playing by the rules of, I can't say, all right, we're going to open up the checkbook day one. And so we're going to get Goldberg and everybody there. I was trying to use exactly what they did. Shane shows up in Panama city. He buys WCW from, from Vince. And the way to lay it out is a Shane promo, sit down with Jim Ross. And I, and I, I, I put this thing together because this lays out the fundamental mistake that they made with the invasion which is that WCW and ECW were the heels and the WWF were the baby faces and that Vince was the baby face, which is why it ultimately fell on its face, but it could have worked. So with Shane sitting down, you know, thank you for giving me this time. People ask why I bought WCW. I know better than anyone the history we have with WCW. I lived through the Monday Night War where WCW did what no other company could do, what the federal government couldn't do, which was almost put us out of business. I remember talking to our ring crew, our truck drivers, our referees, asking whether or not they were going to have jobs, whether they were going to be able to provide for their families. My father wanted to buy WCW and fire everyone to get revenge. Buying WCW wasn't going to get revenge against Ted Turner, wasn't going to get revenge against Eric Bischoff, wasn't going to get revenge against Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, who turned their backs on us. All my father was going to do was put talented, hardworking young wrestlers out on the streets. Guys like Billy Kidman, Lance Storm, Shane Helms, Booker T. My old man isn't thinking straight. He's too busy trying to run a football league, run a restaurant in Times Square, launch a record label, open a publishing house. I was taught that the family business is wrestling. So buying WCW is my chance to build a wrestling company the right way. But that was just the start. Earlier today, I acquired the rights to Extreme Championship Wrestling. ECW was a company that excited me as a fan. Edgy, hardcore, groundbreaking. So now my message is to the WWF locker room. To those of you who feel you've been held back because of politics. Those of you who don't think you're going to get a fair shot. Those of you who are in WCW and never had the opportunity you deserve. Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko. 
my door is always open to talent that cares more about proving they're the best in the ring than coasting on name value and collecting a paycheck. That's your setup. Shane gets Sunday Night Heat. It was on MTV at the time. It's only an hour. It's hip. It's young. You have a core roster of young, talented guys to showcase in the same way that it's like NXT. But this is going to upset uh, shareholders because WWF just went public legitimately a year prior. So the storyline within the company is why is WCW, if it's not putting money into the shareholders' pocket, getting airtime, getting momentum, getting a fan base? So now you're moving to Survivor Series. Survivor Series was originally the death of the invasion angle. This is where it heats up because now there are stakes. If WWF wins, WCW goes to Vince McMahon. He controls it all. But if Shane wins, he gets an hour of TV time during Raw. Team WCW are the young guys that the audience can get behind. Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, Rob Van Dam, and Booker T. Team WWF, Steve Austin, The Rock, Undertaker, Kane, and Kurt Angle. This is paranoid, crazy, heel stone cold Steve Austin. This is The Rock who just left to go do The Scorpion King who's got one foot in Hollywood and he doesn't give a shit. This is arrogant, cocky uh, Kurt Angle. And this is Undertaker who's too old for this shit. WCW wins. Therefore, they get an hour on Raw. Vince has been ousted. Stephanie gets control of Raw or WWF because you need somebody to be there as the authority figure. But Vince is getting paranoid and crazy, and he wants back in. And this is at the point in time in actual WWE where they brought in the NWO. But that's not what Vince is going to do. He's going to inject the company he created with the only poison that genuinely destroyed the business. He's going to his son-in-law, who's been on the shelf, and he's bringing back the click. Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Shawn Waltman. Those five going into the WWF, building to WrestleMania 18, gives you an entire year of a storyline. And now it's Triple H going against Shane, son-in-law versus son. You've got brand new characters like Hall and Nash who haven't been on TV in a while. The young guys at WCW, the old guard at WWF, and you have an opportunity to move forward from there. That's how you do an invasion angle where everything becomes seamless and now everything's part of a larger tapestry going forward. Whereas when everything failed, they had to go to a brand split. You don't need the brand split. You've established a brand with WCW. Woo! Someone get this man a time machine. <laughs> so it's either stop 9-11 or fix the invasion. Yes. Right choice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back in time. And go up to Chris Benoit and say, you need to wrestle Road Dog on Sunday. <laughs> 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 Mike, what's your invasion angle? Well, um, I knew that, that Robert would do a phenomenal job. So I was like, I'm not going to put nearly as much effort uh Dude, that was fucking amazing, Robert. Uh, I My thought was, you know, because, you know, Robert brought up the point of the contracts and all of that. And I think, you know, going going to like Marvel style booking where you kind of tease and everything, I think ECW is your first villain. You do the invasion angle with them first. They're available. You've got Heyman. You let that fucking those contracts go out because they ended up getting Goldberg. They ended up getting Steiner. They got a lot of these people anyways. So just bring them in when they can all be together because the way they did it where they trickled them out and they weren't as impressive, you know, just wait a year. It was just all about impatience to me. And 
And I think the thing is, like, you taught fans that your company is so much better that they shouldn't even watch the other show, but then now you want me to think that they're lowest-level guys or stars? Come on. Well, I think that was an issue with the angle is they, they didn't want you to think that. Like, they did and they didn't. Uh, but I'm they saying no when faith they were, in when, any of these dudes. What I was saying was when they were actively competing against WCW for yeah. years. They wanted you to think that they were a bunch of jabronis. And then they're like, but you're going to love Lance Storm. <laughs> you know, no offense to – I mean, look, they had a, they brought in a lot of great talent. It just wasn't top level and an invasion angle. Look, I, I read Marvel vs. DC in 95. It was like Captain America vs. Batman. It was Hulk vs. Superman. That's how you have to do a crossover. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know Booker T at the time was getting the highest ratings on Nitro – but to a WWE audience, we stopped watching WCW, you know, a few years before that. So it, it, it really, it, it did have to be the Goldbergs and, uh, and the Nashes. And the fact that it happened like a year later, a year and a half later is so annoying. But, but I do get trying to immediately grab fans, you know, and pull them over. Did that happen? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, did the ratings boost did wcw fans however many were watching at the time convert no <laughs> no and i think whatever Crazy. quick gain, whatever quick gains you would have gotten you burn people off anyways and it was also you know the last thing to say if i'm gonna you know rebook the invasion i'm gonna be i'm gonna think about the locations where i'm doing it you know like they had the, you know, WCW, we know what those towns are. It was Atlanta. It was North Carolina. Have them be dominant and 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 do more shows in those places if you're going to do WCW. But, like, having it in, like, you know, fucking Connecticut or wherever they had or the West Coast, it's like no one gives a shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's keep it moving, boys. Uh, number four. We're talking Taker. Taker was on Joe Rogan this week, boys. I don't know if you gave it a listen. Dan, you did, right? Oh, yeah, man. I fucking listened to some truth bombs on the old Rogan. It's a lot of stuff that we uh, already knew about Undertaker. So <laughs> there's nothing. There's really nothing else to say. Uh, he did steroids. They talked about that for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That, that um, was uh, surprising that he mentioned that so nonchalantly. That way, his yeah. chest caved in the way it did. <laughs> like he has, he had Kofi Kingston chest long before Kofi ever did. <laughs> next, next, we're gonna find out that the uh, rips in his shirt were pre-cut. <laughs> they said, uh, but and then and then he said the the new guys are soft. Yes, because the the old guys used to carry weapons in the locker room, which uh, which is fun because I I sent a tweet about this that may or may not have gotten liked by some stars you've seen on Raw and SmackDown. But I'm not going to say who. <laughs> um, uh, we agree with what the Undertaker said on Joe Rogan's podcast. The current locker room is too soft. Some of these wimps might even live past forty. <laughs> that's kind of what this has come down to you know in one hand he's like the current roster all they care about is looking pretty and playing video games but then at the same time he's like yeah back in our day everyone had guns and knives and we're doing pills yeah and drinking and we had no trainers and yeah and 80 percent of the roster actually sucked at wrestling like truly terrible at wrestling <laughs> i mean and I, and I think it's like i mean i listen to some of this it's this is the Undertaker interview for 
non-wrestling fans. He and, and it's interesting because this is the biggest podcast in the world. He told most of these stories on Austin like a year and two months prior and filled in the blanks a little bit where he said they'd say no one, you know, would pay to see me wrestle. He mentioned it was Bill Watts. He didn't say that on Rogan because no one would know who Bill Watts is. But like I'm, Bill Watts might be a Rogan fan. But um I don't know. It's Bill, just... Bill Watts might be huge with QAnon, so I feel like there's a <laughs> lot of, uh, of interconnectivity there. <laughs> no, but it's inter- It's interesting that, like, because Taker has been everywhere this year, and I feel like when we got that Austin interview, that first Broken Skull session, that was the first, like, long-form, out-of-character Taker, where he said a lot of this stuff, like, I don't think he had, I mean, it's a 30 year career, but I don't think he has much more than what he said in that initial interview. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. He just picked a few highlighted moments uh, and he's been repeating them for the last two years or however long he's, you know, been doing this as Mark Calloway. And look, the benefit of that is now they're so rehearsed and so perfect that seeing them on this largest platform, you know, they're the best they're going to be these stories. Yeah, I, I, do, I do want to read this from it because he does kind of bring up a great point. Um, when we had Stone Cold and Rock and Triple H and Shawn Michaels, all those guys, we were all working together and we were making money and we were drawing. Then we all just aged out. I hung in there for a long time, but we kind of aged out and it left all these young guys to learn with more young guys and the product changed. Uh, he's doing it in a really respectful way, but he's basically saying they have not been able to make any stars. And uh, when you think about it, it's been like 20 years of that. Yeah. The one thing that all those guys, and I think it's a legit gripe is they drew way more money than anybody else. And uh, you know, I, I would say, but no, but dude, the- look back. Who did the rock give the, the real rub to like Cena was already the guy when the rock fought him. So what Lesnar, right. Lesnar. Stone Cold, nobody. Triple Billy H, Gunn, Billy, no, what, Shawn Michaels? It doesn't even make sense, so nobody. Billy Gunn was so fortunate to have been insulted by him. <laughs> okay, in defense of Steve Austin, though, um, his neck injury clipped his career before he got to that point. When, when he walked out of the company because of that whole, we're going to have you lose to Brock cleanly on Raw with no storyline, he was building into a program with Eddie Guerrero. And the fact that that would have made Eddie a couple years sooner was Steve Austin understanding that. The, the fallacy of what, what Taker said is Rock didn't age out. Rock was like, he got like early release from prison. He got a better gig working in Hollywood that was safer. So he came back and he put over Brock and, and they used him as they needed, but they weren't going to bring him in to have him like lose to Carlito. Uh, Steve Austin didn't get the chance because he was all ascension, ascension up. Then he got injured. Then he never really got a chance to come back and do the favors. Hunter was so, you know, drunk with power for years, but he, and when it came, when push came to shove, did try to put guys over. Unfortunately, it was, you know, Chris Benoit. So, you know, it's, and Taker was putting over, you know, great colleague clean in the middle of the ring. So it's a lot more on the booking side in terms of who they use these guys to put over rather than use them to build new stars. WWE doesn't want to build new stars and they were ahead of the curve. They learned what ESPN learned later, which is the brand needs to be bigger than the individual talent because the individual talent can ask for more money. Once ESPN started phasing out SportsCenter anchors as being important and it was all in SportsCenter was all that mattered, 
every every talent lost their leverage to be able to negotiate and then they went after money marks like going you know fox sports or something like that wwe knew guys can get big but they can never get so big that if they leave wwe is fucked and that's how they've endured for the last 15 or so years without taking any major risks foolish foolish that's what i say yeah, and it's also every generation is going to say the generation after them is soft. And I mean, it's you look at you look at that talent. I mean, I think one big difference was that they had you know these other territories. They had the process of trial and error, the ability to come up with their own promos. Like it, it's kind of unfair in a way to shit on newer talent, like and not be critical of the system that makes the talent the way they are. Yeah. They were also doing drugs that make people more talented, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, he brought up steroids. Did he mention Zahorian at all? Because I was reading the thing you sent, Scott, of like, he's like, yeah, well, we started doing drug tests because we thought it would be a good idea. It's like, but wasn't there a reason they had to? <laughs> yeah, no, there wasn't anything uh, like that mentioned at all. Um, no. Well, let's keep it moving forward. Number five. Holy shit, boys. We're only on number five? My goodness. Well, here we go. Robert, I'm going to let you take this over. This is your segment. All right. Uh, this is, uh, I don't remember what the whole name of the segment was. So I think Creative Has Nothing For You was what it was brought to yes, you. By that's, yes, you can change the name, but yes. Uh, I like it. It's great. Sponsored by 1-800-COLLECT. Uh, if you're in prison and want to <laughs> save a dollar to ease the news that you're in jail, 1-800-COLLECT. Um <laughs> want to tell a quick story was uh, about uh, watching Raw and the, the the brutal nature when David Krumholtz came out, who wasn't even acknowledged, even though he's a legitimate Hollywood actor, when they could have used somebody in the back, made me think of when you're a writer, you get plugged into a lot of shit that you don't intend to be part of. Uh, there was a pre-tape with uh, SmackDown with uh, Simon Dean, future Hall of Famer, and Batista. And this is Batista early into coming over to SmackDown. And we were trying to make Batista cool and relatable. So the idea was every guy wanted to be friends with him. Every girl wanted to fuck him. That was, that was the, the kind of the edict that we were given. So I was, it was one of the first things I was ever had a chance to actually produce. It was Dave walking down the hallway. He walks by Christy Hemme and, and uh, Stacey Keebler there in getting makeup. And he grabs a squirt bottle and squirts them with it. And I got this line on UPN television, which was, Dave, stop it. You're making me all wet, which I was very proud of because I was an immature 23-year-old as opposed to a mature 38-year-old who thinks it was funny. Uh, and then Simon Dean was going to be standing there pitching his Simon system to some poor schmuck. Uh, little did I know that Stephanie thought it would be a great idea for me to be that poor schmuck uh, to stand there and get pitched the Simon system so that when Simon Dean was drinking the Simon milk, Batista was going to smack him on the back and Simon was going to spit uh, the muscle milk all on my face, um, which was fun because the name that he gave me was Rudy because Rudy was a writer who had just gotten fired earlier that day for complaining. And they sent him home. So they were like, so the, what Simon says to me is, Rudy, stop complaining. And then he get, yeah, gets spit in the face. Batista laughs, takes a swig of the Simon milk, looks like he's going to throw up, throws it away. There's a huge puddle of this stuff. I'm soaked. The first step I take, I slip and fall legitimately, land straight on my ass in khaki pants without a change of clothing, walking around the rest of the day covered in chocolate milk, which made Vince the happiest man in the world. So again, if you apply for a job in the WWE, the only thing I can tell you is bring a second pair of pants. 
Oh man, one of these days you're going to realize you were abused. Yes, this is this is therapy for me. This is PTSD. Um, Jesus Christ, horrible! It's a it's a magical dark time. side of creative. Maybe that's yeah. the new name. All right, no, yeah, so- number six. Oh. <laughs> Wait, no, I wanted to say, like, just to plug our Patreon. Um, we're watching the 2006 Royal Rumble this week, uh, which Robert was, I guess, part of. He was working at WWE at the time. But they uh, they go backstage a lot to, like, the WWE.com. And the people who work for, like, WWE.com at the time all look like they're going to kill themselves. And, like, I, oh, yeah. I thought, like, I was like, they and I was like, what vibe do they have? And I'm like, they have Robert's vibe. <laughs> this is every, every moment. I thought everyone. I was going to see Robert. No, no, I wouldn't associate with the dot com kids. Uh, they were even by like even by our standards of working at WWE as a high school click, like nobody wanted to deal with the kids from dot com um, who would uh, they would slip stuff onto the website because Vince didn't know how to use a computer. And then occasionally they would they didn't realize they were going so far and beyond what they should be doing that eventually it got seen and they would get fired on the spot. Uh, there was a set. There was a thing with the heartbreakers. That's or the heartthrobs, whatever they were. That's got to be on YouTube somewhere with them and a guy in a banana costume. And three people got fired from that segment. So, oh my Holy shit! Who were the heartthrobs again? I remember this name. I Antonio and Romeo or something. They were like local. They were like network local. They were just two two young guys that got thrown onto TV. Um. Oh, and then this is, a, well, this is a bonus. Fuck it. Uh, we once were all in a meeting and they put a, a tape in to show uh, a Triple H pre-tape where he said something um, and he, he used the word. I talked about the finish of a match and they revealed to us after that the producer of that segment was fired that day because he let Triple H use the word finish, which is an insider term. Holy so you shit. wonder why people look like they were going to kill themselves in 2006. It's because we were in uh, Berlin in 39. Ooh. Oh my god! And finished with something he thankfully never did in China. Uh, <laughs> Unbelievable! Number six. Let's get to Mike's segment right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna forego my segment. We're running long. We're having fun. Let's go to the next thing. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, oh, man. We'll get to it. Number next six. Week. Cut for time. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I was gonna talk about action figures. We kind of do that up top, and yeah. So, all right, sounds uh, good. Yeah. Uh, number seven, uh, they did announce the next three WrestleMania locations. Uh, I mean, and, you know, it's a very weird press video. I will I will take my time from segment six to just quickly remark how weird this video was where all the wrestlers are in character. Uh, I, I really... feel like it's the same set that they used for the XFL launch with Oliver Luck. Yeah. <laughs> I, also, I also want to believe that this is like how they laid off all those people in April. Like Vince yeah. had like a, I'm Jack Layoff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this year's is going to be in Tampa. Uh, next year, it will be in Arlington, Texas. And in 2023, it's going to be in LA. Uh, so my question to you boys is, uh, what should the WrestleMania themes be for each Mania city uh, coming up the next few years? Dan? Well, I'll do this fast. Uh, I'm going to go uh, because Tampa, because Florida has been so good at following social distancing uh, and Ron DeSantis has been such an exemplary governor. I think a good theme would be QAnon. 
just have the whole just like have the whole and at the end of it you reveal the Q is Dr. Fauci um, yeah, that bombed guys I apologize number number 38 uh, oh, Jesus 38 WrestleMania 38 in Dallas I just think because it's in da- it's in Dallas again or it's in Arlington or it's, it's in our it's the same thing like the last time they did it there they're doing a Cowboy Stadium right it was just it was such a disaster the last time they did it there. I think like the theme should just be we promise it'll be good this year. Which is like honestly that's <laughs> I like love that. A WrestleMania that like I would tune into if they just said we promise it'll be good. We're sorry about last time. That would be a great WrestleMania theme. We're sorry about last year. And number 39, uh WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Uh instead of doing the whole bullshit like you know the few good men parody, which I actually really dug at the time. 21 they should really uh they should really do something that's more indicative hollywood now so uh i would give it a mad max theme for wrestlemania 39 (laughs) just like just a ralph's on fire in the background that would be my theme for uh for hollywood robert what are your mania themes uh for tampa i'm gonna steal the paul hammond line uh are you in hell or florida um, for uh, Dallas, since they're returning, we're back and to the left. Uh, and for Los Angeles, mm-hmm. WrestleMania goes Hollywood just without unions. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike, you're three. Uh, well, this this year, um, I think I would I would uh, just fucking look. I mean, let's be honest. Tampa is its own uh, Wyatt sketch. It's on, it's basically it's basically like if the fiend made a city. So I would do a Tampa a Tampa Bay Swamp match, and it's just through all of Tampa with all the different fiend characters. In different oh, I love it of Tampa in uh, very open um, uh, COVID ignoring areas of the place, which is all of them. Uh, hold on, guys. Uh, Dan Black is ready to join. Oh, nice. Come on in, Dan. And Scott, do you have any themes? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So this year's WrestleMania will be WrestleMania is on fire. Every match will involve fire. That's obviously what they're leading to. Uh, yeah. So far, they have, what, two storylines involving fire. So it's going to be about eight or nine or ten. Everything's on fire except the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then the uh, ne- WrestleMania in Arlington, Texas. Well, Trump uh, gave a speech in Arlington, Texas, uh, after the uh, the insurrection. So this is going to be a WrestleMania insurrection. We're just going to let Trump host it, and he gets to be the president for <laughs> for six hours or however long that is. And and I'm getting to be. Oh, Dan. Dan, your mic cut out on that. Oh, there. I'm sorry. I was it's- saying Trump getting to be. Uh, president again is the greatest wrestling theme ever. Oh yeah, my, See, absolute blast! Oh, oh my 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 uh, my WrestleMania 38 is uh, Howdy Saudi, where we fill <laughs> we fill Arlington uh, Stadium with a hundred thousand Saudi Arabians, and uh, this is you know the kind of uh, policies we need to be pushing forward in this new era of change and hope, and I oh, think that's a good start. Travel ban got lifted yesterday, so bring it on. <laughs> yeah, damn right. Uh, Dude, let me just say Monsoor versus Roman Reigns in the main event. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
Ali's still not on the card. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, Dan Black's here, everybody, from the Comedians of Wrestling. Dan, we are. Uh, if you want to, if you want to participate, we're talking about um, what would the th- what would your ideal themes be for the next three WrestleManias in the cities that they are. Oh, well, the, Buc- the Buccaneers. I mean, this one has to be like something super spreader event or something. <laughs> yeah, dude, have, have, like have, the, dude, have, have I'll have the Nash. boogeyman host it, like the boogeyman host it with the COVID head. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, and like, and then it's a full on like you're probably getting infected vibe. I think that'd be cool if they have set like a thermal map on the t- huge Titantron that shows live infections, and they cut to Renee being like, "Yeah, this is why I left this company. Here's this infection happening here, something like that." I would like that. You have um, you have Kevin Nash who played Super Shredder as Super Spreader. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Super Spreader. We need the pre-recording oh, of Howard Finkel announcing ring attendance of how many people have COVID. <laughs> Seventy thousand. <000. laughs> and, 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 and Dave right. Meltzer disputing the numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the next one, Dallas? Yeah. Is that what yeah. is that the next well, the next year Arlington? Is Arlington is next year. Yeah, it's Arlington Stadium in Dallas. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that what oh, it is? Yeah. I thought it was in Arlington, Texas. Oh, okay. You could do a, like a JFK assassination right. theme too. That's what Robert. <laughs> that was my theme. Was yeah. we're back into the left. Oh, back to. <laughs> oh, I just. God damn it! I just caught that nail. <laughs> Let's keep like this. That could uh, be- yeah. Well, no, I'm saying right. That's Jerry Jones, right? He's a big. He's a big Republican. Is he a Trump guy, Jerry Jones? I don't follow sports. Jerry Jones. Got I'm sure. Be. Yeah. I'm assuming. He's yeah. no, I mean, he's no Chris Jericho, but I think he's Republican. <laughs> I mean, Jerry Jones is like the bad guy in the longest yard. You know, he has like, or like Dukes of Hazzard. He has like Jerry. old school, yeah, old school Republican feel. Jerry Jones can still do a lion soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Dallas, I, I would just turn that, try to try to turn that into a Trump rally. Like just have Trump show up mid show and, and just see see if people go wrong, along with it a year and a half later. WB Hall of Famer Trump just as a, a entrance. That's the thing I'm really interested in is to see like if Tr- and Trump comes back in WB, how quick do we do, do the do the fans embrace him? How, like, quick, how quick do you give him the title? Him? That's no, that's no. my question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, Jackson Riker's getting the title. Trump's gonna manage him. Oh, he's the new Lashley. <laughs> that would be beautiful. Jackson Riker, the Forgotten Sons with Trump leading it. That's fucking great. Honestly, yeah, that would you be you great. forget the only people that would be upset by that are the Mexican children that watch and the five white guys who have a wrestling podcast. <laughs> right. Oh no, they turned the shark cage into a like a border cage. <laughs> oh Jesus <laughs> Christ. I don't know if Dominic oh, can God. still fit, but yeah, we'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh, let's let's jump to this one. God. We're gonna do a uh, dynamite or NXT or a rerun of a uh, rerun of Die Hard this week. Which one you guys got? Which was the best? Was it NXT? Was we're, it? We're a- skipping w- number eight this week. We're going to number nine. Yeah, dude. Fuck number eight. Honestly. Yeah, number eight wasn't great. <laughs> no one likes it. A fa- number eight's a total fail. Well, so well, we're well, on number well, nine. Well, I mean, which, which show was the show for you this Wednesday? Uh, Dan, let's start with you. Uh, oh, definitely uh, NXT. Oh, d- choose two dance. Oh, Black. Oh, yes. All right, let's go with Dan Black. Let's go with Dan Black. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut. No, say it your man. You go. 
No, it's you. Come on, you're the guest. Um, I, I mean, I go dynamite to be honest. Like, I, 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 I enjoyed dynamite this week. I enjoy it every week because I have what I call I have I took WCW for granted syndrome, and so the fact that it exists and I get to see a guy like Ambrose actually pop up. Uh, well, now he's Gian Moxley. Uh, pop up on another show. There's another place for wrestlers to go. I don't know. Call me uh, a, a softy. I just love the fact that it exists. So even when it's bad, I'm a little bit of a AEW apologist. I'll be honest. And I've seen Die Hard too many times. And uh, I'm Jewish, so I'm not into Christmas movies. Yeah, I, I'm in the same exact boat as you. For some yeah. reason, it's just it's always the show on Wednesday, mm-hmm. no matter what you give me on NXT, because it is the opposition to the thing we've had forever, you know? Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I, I will go. I'm not invested in any. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But I, sorry, Scott. No, no, no. I just, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 but honestly, this week, I, I might, I, I'd much rather have preferred a, 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 a watch of Die Hard, I think. Both shows didn't do much for me. I don't know what it was. I don't know if yesterday was just a good day in general, and I noticed when I have great days, uh, I don't need wrestling that much. <laughs> but it, it neither neither uh, show really did it for me. Uh, so, yeah, now Dan St. Germain, what, what, what show for you? Uh, I, you know, I would give it definitely NXT. I mean, I would be, I would probably be changing back and forth from NXT and Die Hard. I would probably be watching a little bit of both. Uh, like I thought, you know, I didn't really like how they filmed the Snake uh, Pit match. I, I liked it how they filmed it the last time, but I thought the finish was fantastic. I, I really dug the finish, and I and I dug the post match. Uh, You're thinking of Cobra Kai, the Snake Pit. <laughs> Oh, the Vi- <laughs> Sorry, Spike Were you watching Pit. Cobra Kai instead? Yeah, yeah, I was watching Cobra Kai. All of a sudden, I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, Cobra Kai's the best promotion ever. Uh, the, the Snake Pit, I, th- I thought that was really good. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's always a solid, it's always a pretty solid wrestling show. And I, there was just too many, I don't know, man, this week, you know, Booker T said it about uh, Dynamite. He goes, yeah, it's sometimes like Dynamite's like a little, like sometimes it's great, but sometimes it's indie-rific. This week felt a little bit indie-rific for the first time. This felt the most indie-rific it's, it's felt since that time the Dark Order took over the show and, and beat everybody up with those horrible punches. Yeah, P- uh, Peter Avalon, it, it, it really it, it does make it hard to, to defend. Um, yeah, AEW, it, it felt like dark. It felt like dark to me. I, I did like the Omega uh, Bucks and the Callus, and I did, obviously. Yeah, I talked about Robert too. rolling his eyes, but I did like, you know, it's like I like all of that bullshit, but it's because it's those guys, if I'm being honest, you know. Uh, the next couple weeks look more promising than last night, but yeah, no. Mike? I mean, whew, you're asking me to choose between uh, Dr. Luther and Hans Gruber. So uh, not, <laughs> not fucking not hard. Um, it, look, this is the thing, like watching Dr. Luther, like because what MJF was able to accomplish with negative one a couple weeks ago of like healing on, on an eight year old and making it work is like fucking remarkable. And last night we saw just how hard it is to do. Uh, because it was like you could tell he didn't want to insult this kid and like he's not good on promos when he believes in something and this was just bad i mean also the way dr luther looks do you really want him around a kid that's true Uh, it's really 
I, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I was like, what is Angelico? Now I'm like, what is Ser- Serpentico? I don't know what the, <laughs> the gimmick is, what the character is. It's, I love it. might Angelico. be Angelico. You guys hate <laughs> No, they were both in the ring at the same time at one point. But it was interesting. Like, yeah, this week felt like like take your friends to work day. Like you can't, you cannot have Dr. Luther and Michael Nakazawa on the same show. It is not fucking fair to us. Uh, this was, yeah, this was bad. I, I kind of like the Butler thing with um, Charles Taylor now, but it only works to me with Trent Beretta. Like that's his best friend. Like Orange Cassidy's kind of the mascot, but like they're the best friends, those two guys. And then you have Orange Cassidy. So it's like, they, they think they could just fill in blanks. And the last thing is we finally felt like we got some momentum with the sting thing. This was the sixth week with a team Taz interruption and uh, they're going to fight at some point. So at least we know. Oh, that. Oh, no, I, I think it, I think it's announced actually uh, Darby Allen, at least I only saw it on Darby's post, but at, at okay. revolution, it's going to be uh Ricky Stark and Brian Cage versus Sting and Darby Allen in a street fight. I just only... I just I just want to know why they're afraid of these guys. Like cuz they didn't they weren't even in the arena this time. Like like why is Will Hobbs afraid of Sting? Just maybe he thinks they, they have a gun. Like they wish, <laughs> maybe he thinks they're like secretly holding guns. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even that didn't do it. And then Jericho, man, you know, you get this tag match and, and they really they tried to do an AEW tag match, which is like, you know, fast paced, crazy. You've never seen <laughs> Jericho before. can't do that anymore. Yeah, but Jericho no. can't do any of it. So he <laughs> lands on his neck five times. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, it, that, was that, that, that was really rough. Yeah. I just take a little bit of umbrage with something Mike said, if you guys don't mind. Uh, lumping in Angelico with Dr. Luther and a bunch of those other drones. I live for Angelico's entrance, um, which, by the way, they keep not doing. They keep yeah, starting no. him in the ring. But the only thing I do want to see out of the guy, and I adore it, is when he enters like a, like a rave douchebag who's like. Yeah, that, that was kind of fun when he does that. I love yeah. when he's like, mm, and you're like. I don't know. I think That's he's a, Euro trend, You're doing right? a visual act out on a podcast, Dan. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Why is this giving Euro trash when I he's like from it. South Africa? Like, Oh, I don't know where he's from. Yeah, exactly. He's There's no my time, so whatever. Characters. He's a submission specialist that we've never seen fucking beat someone with a submission. Best of the true hybrids, which I've he looks like He looks like the guy... He looks like the Mucinec Monsters Fluffer. That's what he <laughs> <laughs> he well, Dr. Luther, you really are backed into a corner with Dr. Luther because what do you do? You go, oh, well, let's explain him more. And then you go, fuck, we don't want to do that. <laughs> so you kind of just put him out there and you go, let a kid hit him. I don't know. Like, what else? Yeah. Robert, your favorite show of the week? Kaye, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I said it last week that that was the worst Dynamite I'd ever seen, and I would watch that episode of Dynamite five times in a row before rewatching this week's fucking episode. I have waited all day to just uncoil on this fucking piece of shit show. Oh and my I don't get God. angry very Holy often. But it was negative on his birthday, Which, by the way, how bad is it that Dark Order needs to scoop heat from a kid in order for them to get over? Like, <laughs> fuck them. And it was just, it was hey, to hey, say, hey, hey, Adam Page is 28 years old. 
Uh, that was brutal. The the Darby Sting promo was bad. The Young Bucks with with Don Callis, oh. whoever produced that, should have been fired on the spot. The fact that it yeah. ended. The Young with Bucks the probably produced. Oh, I'm sure. I don't think there is a producer. They are as they are as good in pre tapes as they are in laying out a coherent match on TV. Yeah. What are you uh, talking this, about? Those women. Oh, oh, come on. There's been there could have been two, two Robert. Guys. You're going nuts. There's been Arguably some arguably the two best matches of 2020. Hey, Rob, Robert, Scott's doing a better job of selling his anger than they do at selling moves. <laughs> the, the fact that they had to do the whole, like, moving in front of the camera, like, no, don't, don't take your anger out on me. That was brutal. Brutal. That yeah, was, that I, was that, I thought I was so I embarrassed. the painting was funny. Painting the was painting funny. was hilarious. Yeah, and the, the thing is, is they didn't beat him up. That's what's going to happen. They didn't beat his ass. Yeah, and Don He's a Keller, liar. Dan, Don Callis answers the question, what if Paul Heyman wasn't Jewish and it makes me so proud to be a Jew? Yes. Uh, uh, Callis, <laughs> it makes me a Don Callis fan. I, mean, I, watched, <laughs> I watched the Bucks and Don, and Don Callis thing and thought, this show can't get any worse. And then I watched Peter Avalon and Cody, uh, which... The fact I don't that know, that why went, did they make that go so long? What what and then Cody like a commercial break. Then Cody like bowing know. to the people after, <laughs> like I did it. I defeat. <laughs> I sent Peter Avalon back to the fucking. Like, look, I, 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 I was sure I that was to, a squash, but it was uh, not. A I squash. thought for, this should have been a quick squash. The fact that Peter Avalon got to sell that he was struggling out of the figure four. Like what the fuck? I mean, Cody's burying himself, and I don't think he's aware of it. Uh, I was happy wild. to see that Nick Camarado guy because he's a student of QT Marshall, who's the official mascot of our show. So the weird story of this: <laughs> the is that reason the guy... you can't get AW guests. <laughs> Who are we going? We going to get Marco Stunt on here? What kind of <laughs> pearls of wisdom is that fucking twelve-year-old going to tell us? Oh, um, man, I'm kidding, Marco. I love working. I love Kenny. Do our show. <laughs> uh, the only look the only promising thing with them is that when top flight and private party figure everything out they've got the hardies and edge and christian for the next 10 years with these guys they're awesome the main event though was super sloppy sammy guevara screwed up about three times there was one point where he landed on mjf in such a way that i thought for sure he injured max sammy's needs to slow down he doesn't do it and that's always problematic with him and yet jericho kind of getting exposed as the old man in the ring was rough nxt was fine uh the Kushida and, and rough against uh the the way solid match the dusty tournament has been fine. All the matches that they've given you for they've that, good. they've been good, pretty good. They've been, they've all there because they're not bogged yeah. down with all kinds of stories. And Imperium Lucha House Party did exactly why you put Lucha House Party in NXT to show off that these guys know how to wrestle. They're not just three second stereotypes chasing after the twenty four seven title. Uh, and then the little bits they did with with Finn and Pete Dunne to build up their match, it was interesting. It's you know you're telling a, a fairly personal story, and that's what you need to do. It's just NXT has no glitz and, and glamour. It re really reminds me of the Monday Night War when Nitro would win with a pretty bad show, but at least it was exciting, whereas Raw was solid but uneventful. And that's kind of what you're getting here. It's NXT is perfectly acceptable wrestling. AEW Dynamite is either the most exciting show you're watching or it's a Jade Cargill promo. Yeah, NXT is like the lean cuisine of wrestling. Like I had a lean cuisine for lunch. Like I'm not gonna eat till dinner. You know, was it yeah, delicious? No. 
Yeah, like my thing with NXT. There's some is real that good NXT. It's a really well produced. I thought Dan was going to defend Lean Cuisine. There's some <laughs> yeah, real good Lean Cuisine. Lasagna <laughs> yeah. is pretty good. Don't yeah. you shit on Swedish meatballs, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying like I agree with you on most of them, but the fajita ball is an exception. <laughs> I would say. No, and, no, no. He already complimented Lucha House Party. <laughs> <laughs> I adore them. I adore them. Top guys. They're top flight. Those guys. But I, I'd say. My thing with NXT is that it's a really well produced show. I like, like, I love how tri- I love tri- Triple H. A great like visual producer. WWE has that that money to do that. But I don't care about any of the characters on NXT personally. Uh, I don't think they build the characters in a way where I care about the show. And that's why I give AEW where yeah, the Young Bucks. I'm vested in the Young Bucks. Are they the worst actors in wrestling? Eh, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> do they know how to sell a segment? Not really. But I'm also like, hey, I, st- I want to see what they're going to do. And I just think at NXT, I'm like, no, like uh, uh, for example, I don't even remember, know his name, uh, Escobar. It's like, that wrestler looks cool. I love what they're doing with him, but I don't care about him. So I wish NXT had more character. My favorite wrestler in NXT right now is I like Timothy Thatcher a lot because I get him as a character. I totally know his deal. And now he even has his own match, like this pit fight match. It was like, uh, well, the snake pit match, the Cobra, the Cobra Kai match. Cobra then, Kai match, the yeah. uh, octagon. So, yeah, I'm always – I don't know. That's how I feel about it. So, like, AEW sloppier as a show, but at least I'm vested in some of the characters. That's, you know? Yeah, to me, I go, oh, this this may be a little sloppier, but it's going to be sloppy when you're actually doing things. Where NXT, right. it's just like, yes, great matches. Right. Which is pretty much what NXT is, though. AEW oh, yeah. has to do everything in two hours. Yeah. They have to introduce right. every character, tell every story, and sell a pay-per-view. NXT doesn't have to sell anything. It's just we've got – fairly talented wrestlers who are going to put on a good match. And if some of these guys do well enough, they're going to get punished by going to Raw and SmackDown. Right. Yeah. Johnny Gargano, not the most complete wrestler on the planet. I mean, besides the fact he's like a short guy. I mean, God damn it. That guy's good. Yeah, no, he's, more, he's a best. utility player. He's a baby yeah. face. He's a heel. He can do everything, he can do everything. That guy. Really talented. And him and him elevating Austin theory is uh, the smartest use of Austin theory. I think he's getting a lot out of it. Absolutely. That and guy looks like a million bucks. They look good. The oh, Kushida, yeah. match, Kushida looked good in that match. Even Leon Ruff looked legitimate, whereas before he was basically Colin Delaney. Yeah. So Johnny Gargano is is worth whatever they're paying him. And Ciampa in the main event made Timothy Thatcher look tough. It was kind you of put a put him over, man. It's kind you of a screwy finish, but the way that even like the anguish that he yelled and the announcers pointed out, like, we've never heard Ciampa make that noise before. Like He's going to do everything he can to make Timothy Thatcher successful. Uh, so when Thatcher beats our truth, the 24 seven title, it means something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe twice in a night, three times in one night, possibly. Champa, <laughs> my thing with Champa is every time I see him, I go, if NXT has been around for what, eight years, Champa's been in NXT for what, 15? Like, yeah. how has he been in NXT longer than I've known of NXT? And well, then he's like, he's like Screech him? on Say by the Bell. He stays for the new class. He's there for the college <laughs> right. years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, I, I have to take a call, but I'll try to be right back. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no worries, buddy. All right, number 10, the Wait, kick out. Mike Lawrence is the screensaver is the pigeon lady from Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, he just put his screensaver up. <laughs> Beautiful. Um. You right now Piers for Morgan? number 10, we are going to give <laughs> our... Have you seen that? Hold on. Have you seen that where there's the picture of Piers Morgan yeah, They look the so lady. much alike. It's, they look identical. It's uncanny. Same person. It's weird. It's uncanny. Absolutely. I don't know who I'd want to fuck more. <laughs> All right. 
Hey, number she's the 10. mom from Sorry Married Next Murderer. It's, you know, that's rarefied air. <laughs> is she? Yeah. That, uh, who else is in that? Uh, Mike Mike Myers. Mike right? Myers. Yeah. And yeah, Mike and Alan Arkin. Mike Myers. Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah, I remember Myers. that. Yeah. Uh, for number 10, we're just going to give uh, our own unpopular wrestling opinions. If you love something, everybody hates. If you hate something, everybody loves. Uh, Dan St. Germain, let's start with you. All right. Well, I don't know if anyone here is going to disagree with me, but it's probably an unpopular opinion on the internet wrestling community. And here, here, here's what it is. Trump should not be removed from the WWE Hall of Fame. There is no reason to... Oh, shit, Robert, was that you? That was literally the one I wrote. Oh, my God. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> that is the unpopular... You cannot tell the story of Donald Trump or the story of professional wrestling without telling the story of the other... It is... Uh, it, I, I don't know what McFoley was talking about. You know, like, if they, if, if they, if they don't get rid of Benoit, then you can't get rid of... Donald Trump from the WWE Hall of Fame. And plus, unlike the presidency, he actually deserves to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah. Like WrestleMania 4 and 5 in, 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 in his casinos did amazingly. And, you know, he had one of the highest buy rates of all time at a WrestleMania. So uh, my, my, my opinion is that he should stay in the Hall of Fame and uh, Pete Rose should also get into uh, the MLB Hall of Fame. As he's in the WWE, yeah. and Robert, that was also yours, but, but so defend I, I, it, defend. Oh, it. so I had a backup one anyway, but yeah. Okay. So I'll defend that one first. I think yes. to, to Dan's point, the WWE Hall of Fame is a bullshit fake Hall of Fame that doesn't exist. There <laughs> that is was no physical point. building. Uh, it's it's in a hallway in the in the headquarters of Titan Towers with some plaques on the wall, and that's it. It's all within storyline world, and within storyline world, nobody deserves to be in the WWE Hall of Fame more than Donald Trump, who hosted two WrestleManias. He was the star of a third WrestleMania. At one point, he was the owner of Monday Night Raw. Uh, he's been involved in the product more than anyone else. And the WWE should have to, to own that shit. Like, you can't, you can't get rid of him. Uh, there are presidents of the United States who condone slavery, and that's still not as bad as some of the shit Trump did. So we're, <laughs> if, if we're stuck with him in the Hall of Presidents, we're stuck with him in the WWE Hall of Fame. My backup one, in case Dan and I were both psychic which apparently we are is i was happy to see gilberg on raw um <laughs> for two reasons number one the dude himself Dwayne gill was was dealing with health issues i think there was a gofundme set up for him that i looked at and probably should have donated but didn't and felt bad about it after uh so i'm glad he got well, a payday as as you felt bad rob i, I mean for like a couple seconds and then i <laughs> watched the peter avalon match and hated society um and then the second thing is within storyline world Gilberg is a much better promo than Goldberg and has more charisma at this point in time in 2021. So I was far happier to see Gilberg on Raw. Call a spade a spade. He's probably a better worker. Oh, and infinitely a better worker. I think Drew would get a great match out of Dwayne Gill. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, he actually took someone, one of the wrestlers took a photo with him backstage and posted it online. Riddle. Well, it was yeah, Riddle, Riddle, yeah, and Riddle put him over. Riddle was like, he's a real legend. I'm like Goldberg. He buried Goldberg too. But you see him next to Riddle, and I mean, he doesn't look like a little bitch, you know. Like he, especially for an old guy, it's like he has arms. 
I know yeah. old guys who he got has arms and he was he was a talented, you know, a jobber is not the word we're supposed to use, but he was really good at making whoever he was in the ring with look good for years and years, which is why he had a job. And it's why they used him in this in this role. He, he never disappointed. And, and a lot of those journeyman wrestlers who were legacies for the WWF for so long was because they could be trusted in the ring. That was Dwayne Gill. Uh, he, he didn't, you know, ruin Bret Hart's career. <laughs> Yeah, uh, damn it's Black, just amazing got- that Goldberg like was talk. able to ruin Bret Hart's career before <laughs> Bret Hart was able to ruin Bret Hart's career. Oh, uh, I would argue he did that before, but <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you just Dan saw the Lonesome Dove episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, to me, yeah, yeah, you got one. Thank you, Scott. I would say I don't like all this Goldberg hate. It's frankly anti-Semitic. Um, I, uh, I, well, that's my unpopular opinion. I actually have two, if you'll give me the time, because they kind of, of both connect. But uh, I love seeing Goldberg. I, I'm a Goldberg mark. Uh, I love Goldberg. I'm a, Holy I, shit, he's wearing, wearing a, gold, a Goldberg He just lifted shirt. a Goldberg shirt. <laughs> I love Goldberg. I understand why people are, like, not excited by him. It's kind of these things like, hey, this is what I feel. I'm not pushing it on you. But my thing with Goldberg is that uh, I'm an Attitude Era kid, and I'm also a Jewish kid. And I think growing up, seeing Goldberg, who was arguably the best-looking wrestler in that era, uh, in terms of just his entrance, I think he's the, I would argue, maybe the best-looking wrestler where, who wore the big gold title. You mean, like, as far as, on him. not as, like, an attractive man, but just as, like, a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the guys I think are hot, uh, women don't want to go near at all. Randy Orton, uh, Drew, these are the, like, you know, most women you'll be women like, I'm in, not. They like, like Roman and Finn. Those are the yeah. two they like. Right, and those guys I'm not. As ricochet. My, my wife ricochet. loves Ricochet. Yeah, Ricochet is hot, dude. Um but so, uh, yeah, that's it. So, like, I, I love Goldberg. He's an inspiration to me. He had the same last name as all my friends, but he looked like that. And I just always dig him for that. And so I also think for Drew McIntyre, I have two points. Goldberg coming back, I think it's a cool win for Drew because he could use some Legends wins, in my opinion. And also, my biggest point about it is that I, the, there's always – the Rumble always can have – it can only have so many – entrance who can actually win it and if they kind of have throwaway title matches during the rumble like the adam pierce match there's something that excites that about me because that means kevin owens in the rumble could potentially win it means uh whoever drew's gonna wrestle would be in the rumble and could potentially win because most of the time i feel like if you have a title shot that night you're not in the rumble correct or incorrect uh, it, it well, does happen yeah, like Roman yeah. that one year. That one year it happens, but it's it's not necessarily that. I think the focus is on the Rumble. So if you can have some fun title matches for me, uh, I didn't want And Drew beating Goldberg, I think, could be fun. And uh, I like Goldberg. He's a crazy old man stiff. He's weird about his son. I don't know. I enjoy seeing him. <laughs> <laughs> he's, really, he's unnecessarily strange about his. He, he acts like he's, he's the dude. first person to have a son. <laughs> I also liked the way they introduced him because it was like Legends Night, which I didn't like. I'm not defending Legends Night. It was Jabron Zone. But I'm saying that I did enjoy the fact that it was like Goldberg was in the back during that match, and something about it made him. He had to come out. He thought he was just hanging out for Legends Night to have some shrimp at uh, <laughs> catering. But he's wait, 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 wait. Why is Goldberg having shrimp? 
Oh, well, he's, I mean, he's barely. What kind of lawnsman is sitting there eating shrimp in the back? And then he's going to, maybe that's what it was. He ate shrimp and that explains his fucked up promo where he's talking about a promo that Drew never cut, that he hallucinated from bad catering shrimp. <laughs> and he, yeah, this is the first time uh, Goldberg broke the coach. Well, all, all I know uh, is that during that legend segment, Tatanka looked like a treasurer at an AA meeting. Like the way that he was sitting the entire time. Yeah. Um, also, my other thing that ties into this, which is that Adam Pierce match, I started Googling so much about Adam Pierce to get ready for that, like his whole NWA career. I was watching so much stuff that I was like kind of into the I was like, hey, let's just see what this is. I know it's going to be dumb and stupid, but I'll watch it. And then I got swerved. So I was kind of disappointed because I wasted my time watching Adam <laughs> Pierce NWA matches. I'm sorry what? you had to watch any Adam Pierce matches. Those are. <laughs> yeah. The W. WWE wasted your time? <laughs> well, you know he's the fourth winning NWA champion of all time. I didn't know that. You might, you guys might all know that. No, it's, no. It's, it's uh, I think, Dusty, Flair, I might have it wrong, Jeff Jarrett, and then Adam Pierce is the most winning of the 10 pounds of gold. Well, because he won the NWA title at a point in time when it was like they wrestled in backyards. Yeah, this was not the real NWA. Listen, this is... The lineage is real, baby. No, I know what you're saying. Obviously, it's dumb. It's dumb. Um, you're right. You're right. I'm totally wrong. <laughs> gotcha. My, uh, oh yeah, I have one. It, it, it's uh, it, it's shocking. Definitely coming from me. So I thought this week on Raw there were parts of the Alexa Bliss Oscar match that I really liked, and it worked wow. for me so much so to the point that I think Alexis character might work, even though I think the Fiend's character doesn't in the context of a wrestling match. Uh, this was obviously pre-recorded, right? The way they did that. I, I, but I, I liked a lot of the spots. Yeah. I really did like a lot of the spots in that match. Yeah. Which... Scott, you put over a Fiend segment. Is he in the room right now? Like, blink twice <laughs> if he's in the room you're held hostage. Um, <laughs> I, I, I thought the, the, the way it... it, it was filmed every move every shot was uh i don't know came off legit and i think selling for alexa bliss like she's stronger than she is looks better than when the fiend does it for some reason and maybe some maybe women wrestlers should just do that in general like sell for each other more and act like they are really you know dominant it didn't come off weird to me like when alexa was whooping her ass i i didn't question it because they are kind of the same size you know, so why not fake it a little and, and and be a little stronger than you actually are? There and and Oscar did great in the in the goofy segment earlier in the playground. Like she sold being scared, yeah. better than most of the roster, uh, which was, you know, yeah. I think her and Alexa Bliss are doing. They're they're making chicken salad out of chicken shit. They're doing the best that they can with what they've been handed. And Alexa Bliss's facials when she's in the camera, that sounded fucking wrong. Um, but oh, the expressions man. that she makes when she's looking in the camera are so good and they're so creepy and believable. Um, you know, we've said this before. She she belongs acting in a legitimate show. Absolutely. Uh, they should find a role for yeah, her. Yeah, I think she's probably somewhere. a good actress. Bray also. Uh, they're both great actors, I think. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, I mean, my least favorite Dude. part of that was that editing of, like, coming back from the match where she's just standing yeah. in the ring. That was so bad. Yeah. And it's so out of her hands where it makes it even more frustrating where they did do a great job and then you go and edit it to shit. It's because they have a new toy. They're, they were never allowed yeah. to do this cutting. To, they did the same thing with the Randy Orton fireball, which uh, which looked weird because he was bleeding. And then they cut to the pre-recorded thing where he wasn't bleeding and then takes the, uh, the, the fireball shot or the flaming shot. 
it's it's a toy that they can use because of Thunderdome era, and they're gonna they're gonna beat it into the ground. Yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, uh, look, next week I'm probably gonna change my mind. I'm sure they will ruin it. I don't want anyone thinking, oh, Scott fucks with uh, Alexa Bliss now. But uh, but this week it it did work for me. Uh, Zach, do you have a markout moment of the week? Did you have a favorite show? I know we didn't really talk to you much this episode. <laughs> Zach's asleep. Uh, I really like when <laughs> Lindsay Dorado shouted, Beth, no. And then he got slammed into the apron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a week of hey, wrestling. Scott, can I just say one last thing that I liked? Of course. Because um, I missed the beginning here. I just want to say, I like Bailey pretending she was like a New York City Jewish woman. <laughs> Did we address this? Pat that Bailey said you worked for me. That's great. That right? Bailey like, yeah, said you worked. Great job. I, I really hope she wins the Rumble this year. I really, I really <laughs> rooting for her. She yeah. came across like a new. I was trying to figure out why I was attracted to her. Now it's because she was a very bitchy New York Jew. Yeah, she's like Fran Lebowitz, uh Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I felt like I was like. Does she, I don't think Bailey knows. That her gimmick is like a Manhattan Jewish woman, but I think that's what it is, right? She's doing oh hello, and she's wearing like exactly my mom's glasses and outfit. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. Look, here's Dan. I don't think that she thinks that because if Vince thought that he was doing a Jewish angle, it would be a little bit more on the head. I feel like it would be a little bit, a little It'd bit, be a little more on the kepi. A little more problematic. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't make uh, air. That's that's all I'll say. It was definitely. Oh, and also, just, yeah. No, Rob, I was gonna go say since that. I since I shit on AEW so bad and was all fired up, whatever for that moment. I'll say another positive thing just to bookend the show. I am a huge mark for any time they use a door that has no walls and they make people walk <laughs> through the do. door. I love the it. APA did it. She made you know uh, Bianca walk through it. It was like I don't know what it is. It's just a stupid wrestling thing. But anytime they do it, I always pop. Yeah, Bianca's money, man. They're both great. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know what else is money? Our Patreon, but it's not that much money, and you should fucking join because it's awesome. We did a Patreon this last weekend, and uh, it it's one of my favorite episodes of the show. So definitely uh, support our Patreon. This week we're doing the 2006 Royal Rumble which uh, Robert was around for, correct, Robert? I was um, I was around for it, so you'll get uh, the exciting insights. Yeah, scoop. we're going to blame him for everything. It's going to be so much fun yelling at the guy who made it all happen. I get to be the scapegoat. <laughs> Dan, you got anything to plug? Dan Black. Yeah, check out uh, Comedians of Wrestling podcast. We have new episodes every Thursday. Uh, we talk about you know pro wrestling dissected to an unhealthy degree. Um, and yeah, we have our own Patreon also, patreon.com slash means wrestling. But support these guys' Patreon first and then check your bank yeah, account. And then head over to theirs. And then head over to ours. Uh, yeah. I love it. What a great guest. <laughs> Dance yeah. Social Media. Any plugs? Uh, I'm going to be in Royersford, Pennsylvania tomorrow doing stand up for really the first time since the pandemic. Like, uh, first time I've done a headlining set in like a year and a couple months. So that's going to be crazy this guy kurt ryan is featuring for me he's really funny james mattern is going to be on the show oh hell was, uh, yes briefly yeah. a co-host uh for this show uh and he's been you know on a bunch of other stuff so check that out i'm gonna be at acme comedy club in minneapolis in two weeks which is which is just a fantastic club so i'm looking forward to that uh like scott said join our patreon uh please uh subscribe to the podcast tell your friends about the podcast uh, hopefully we're, we we should be getting like a YouTube channel soon or something uh, 
kind of like uh, get get vids up on. Yeah, so, so something, something. So you so, can see our beautiful faces as we are beautiful uh, faces, and we have a shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees, guys. Check it out. Yeah, definitely check it out. And uh, follow Mike Lawrence on Instagram at uh, at Mike Lawrence. Zach, anything else you got to say? Wash your hands. We Ooh. forgot Robert. That's all right. I don't. I, apparently, because oh, I know Robert. Oh, I, come I, on, no, I Robert gets so annoyed. Guy to follow every Monday Robert night. Think, Robert takes it so personally when he gets skipped over on the Zoom. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a slight. It's intentional because the because no Dan Black was right. The rampant anti-Semitism, <laughs> the total <laughs> effing marks, um, the, the total effing right wing marks. Follow me on Twitter at wwcreative underscore ish uh, and. Uh, yeah, Zach. Now you can now you can tell us what to do to avoid COVID. Dan wants to say something. Oh, I wanted to oh. plug one more thing. Sorry. Oh, yes, plug it. Plug, oh, plug it. Sorry, I want to say because I think you guys will really love this. So we joked on uh on Comedians Wrestling podcast about having um crooning versions of of wrestling themes like uh, Edge, and so we had Skylar Aston. Uh, uh, oh, Skylar, yeah, yeah, Skylar Aston. Uh, he's on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. You can check it out on NBC right now. And he sung a crooned version of Edge's theme song. Be like on this day, but he's like a professional singer, and it's very funny. I think it's on my Instagram at Dan Black Attack or at C O W uh, Podcast. It's really funny. Alter yeah. Bridge retweeted it. As the- <laughs> <laughs> How much do you think that NBC needs our like a plug on our show to boost the ratings for Zoe's extraordinary playlist. I think uh, I'm the only uh, person who listens I, I, I to this know, show man. who's watching that. <laughs> I, thought the, I thought Marks would enjoy seeing this because this is the kind of shit I love. That, um, oh God, Amazing. what was I going to... God damn it. Something about... Uh... Ah, fuck my ass. I can't remember that. <laughs> well, everybody, hey, look, I just want to say this. I, oh, yes, I want to say this. Before this podcast gets out of control, because there's a lot of Too aspersions, <laughs> uh, a lot of aspersions uh, thrown at the end of this podcast. Uh, this podcast has always been a friend to Israel, a supporter <laughs> to Israel, and uh, shalom. Adios, guys. <laughs>